1: West Cork Beard Company make beard oil and beard ban for a strong, healthy, great-looking beard. Handmade from all natural ingredients in Connacht, West Cork. Check out their YouTube channel for beard care tips and advice, or catch them online at westcorkbeardcompany.ie. Good evening and welcome to the same old Arsenal team talk podcast. Uh, I'm your host this evening, Dan Potts. And how ironic that our uh, sponsors are the West Cork Beard Oil when I have shaved mine off for November. So you will see a tash coming. You'll see a tash coming within the month or so, and I may look a little bit odd over the coming weeks. But it's all for a good cause. That's so all good. Joining me this evening, as ever, is Manny. Manny, how you doing, brother?
0: You know, I was doing good until I see your boy band look man it's putting me <laughs> off bro. I'm totally man. put off by it man. but I'm good man I'm good I'm good thanks for having me on again bro
1: no oh, man you're always welcome you know that and joining us tonight thank you so much for coming on It's Sophie how are you doing Sophie?
3: I'm doing well boys thank you for having me and I was saying like when I saw the ad before the show I'm like man if I was a dude I'd want a beard like that that's I that's a that's good dude beard right there Oh, man, but I, I like it. I like it, Dan. The clean shaven. You look very young, yeah. very beautiful. Oh, listen,
1: listen, do you know what? I'm 33 years old on Tuesday and I don't look a day over 16 now I've had a shave. i tell you that. It is unbelievable <laughs> what a beard does to you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, guys, we've got a lot to talk about um, because our football club is very frustrating to watch at the moment. Let's put it that way. Um, I listen to some of the um, kind of comments in other podcasts at the moment questions are being asked about the manager we're looking at some players yet again in this side and I'm falling out with Arsenal fans at the moment because I'm seeing some of this loyalty that Arteta is showing towards his Arsenal Wenger players. And I'm starting to ask some questions. I'm starting to ask some questions about the tactics. I'm starting to ask some questions about the subs. And that Leicester game for me was enough for me to turn the TV off and get the right hump because I could see that coming. The easiest of games for Brendan Rodgers in terms of his tactics and team talks within the first half and at half time. And we all saw it coming. Manny. I'm going to start with you. I know you, like me, are not in a good mood at the moment with what you're seeing, not just on the pitch, but also off it with some of our fan base. So I'm not even going to ask you a question, bro. I'm just going to ask you this. How are you feeling as an Arsenal fan currently, bruv?
0: Rattled. Rattled is the word, man. I'd forgotten, you know, how apathetic I've been towards this team. You know, I'd forgotten that, no, I'd been reminded that I actually hate a lot of these these players. <laughs> I, I looked and and you know the final whistle went that Leicester game, and it's like reality slapped me and went, "You don't like a lot of these people." And I was reminded of that, you know, in that game, I was I was I was pissed off because I saw what was going to happen at halftime. You messaged me, but you were like, "Man, this has got one 0 Jamie Vardy written all over it." I was like, "You know what? You're spot on, absolutely spot on." What I saw from these players. Is, is an attitude that I was hoping would disappear, right? And that reality told me it's the same players who have let you down over and over again. What were you expecting? You can't tell me you were expecting anything different because if you were expecting anything different, then you've been living on the rock, man, because a lot of them are not good enough. A lot of them have no business being anywhere near this club, but yet here yeah, they are, and I'm being told I should accept them because they're Arsenal players. None of that, mate. None of that, mate. The day I accept mediocrity at my football club, I'm dead and buried. And even then, I still won't accept it. Right? I'm not going to, mate. I'm pissed off by what I saw on the pitch. I'm pissed off by what I'm seeing off the pitch with the fan base who accept it. You know, a fan base that goes against the club, that supports players You know, more than the club. A fan base that, for me, if there's anything more destructive at Arsenal, it's not the Cronkies, right? It's the fans. Nothing will destroy, nothing is more divisive, nothing is more argumentative than the Arsenal fan base, right? And a section of it, not all of it, just a section of it. And I just do not understand. It seems we go into every season and people just want to have agendas. They want to have clicks. They want to fight. They want. It's, I don't get it, Pods. I don't get it and I've been reminded of all of it and I'm rattled, mate. Seriously rattled, man.
1: Do you know what it seems to me with this fan base or a section of the fan base, as you say, it's always this 50-50 thing. And Scully was talking about this on the Ars Brothers the other night, and I totally agree mm-hmm. with him. It's always a uh, Wenger in or Wenger out. Meza love, Meza hate. Leno or Martinez. I, I, I get so frustrated by this, Soph, and I don't know what mm. it is with this section of the fan base. I just don't know how they're ever going to be happy. Am I right in saying that, Soph?
3: I, I, th- I think you are, and I was... Um... I've actually been at odds with um, Super Kevin Campbell on our podcast and Amanda over the last two shows on this fact because here's the, here's the scoop. It was okay for fans to not embrace Emery from the beginning, and some fans didn't, and some fans didn't accept him from the beginning, and a lot of fans gave him a very difficult time, and I was thinking to myself, if we had gotten the results this season after winning the FA Cup with an Emery um, and lost to City, lost to Leicester, and uh, lost to Liverpool, you know, what would the rhetoric, what would the narrative be um, if Emery was manager? And I don't think it would be equal, and I don't think it would be fair. And I think we've bought into this Adu-Arteta partnership as it's the saviours of all saviours. And I'm not asking for Arteta to be fired. Why can't I, as a fan, laud him one week and criticise him the next? Why, as a fan, can I not appreciate the fact we won the FA Cup, but say especially on our show last night, I would rather not win the FA Cup this season. I'd rather win the Europa League. I'd rather win a European trophy and and, and get back into Champions League football because Champions League football gets us more finances, which more finances would have maybe signed, um, we would have signed um, Usain Hour uh, as well. And so these are progressive things, right? So when you look at Arsenal as a, a club and our evolution, how have we evolved? We've been a very lovely cup team for a few years. 14, 15, 17, 20, amazing. It got us back on track. But also, has it somewhat been a blessing and a curse because it's masked the pain that we have experienced in the Premier League? And at the end of the day, when you're Arsenal Football Club and you've been one of the pioneers, the trailblazers of the Premier League, along with Manchester United, and then along came the Chelsea money, and then along came the Manchester City money, We're like one of the founding fathers of the Premier League, and we've been nowhere near competitive in the Premier League for a number of seasons. So when I see Leicester whoop Manchester City, and I see Aston Villa whoop Liverpool, and we lose to both, I'm asking questions, Dan. I I think it's fair to start asking, why can those two teams, one, by the way, which was one point off relegation last season, one point off relegation, When you look at what um, Everton have done in their midfield and, and how they've invested, the way they've changed, look what Villa have done and changed. Look how they form. Why are we playing fearful football? I don't understand. So crucify me, if you want, for questioning Arteta and his tactics in the last four or five games in the Premier League. I think it's totally fair.
1: Listen, I think you're spot on in everything you said. I totally agree with what you are saying about the Europa League. I think that should be our priority this season. I think it's going to be very difficult for top four. You know, some fans are saying it's a given this season now that Arteta's won the FA Cup. I think that's completely wrong. I think the Europa League is, is an option for us to get into that Champions League because that is what we need. And you're right to be asking questions because I think even Arteta's asking questions, scratching his head with these players. I don't think he knows what to do. He's tried four at the back. He's gone to three at the back. Now he's sticking with it. He even stuck with it last night again. Done, Dundalk for goodness sake he does not know what to do with these players because they are clearly not good enough Manny let's come to you because I know you've got a lot to say about what's happening at this football club at the moment in terms of what Arteta is trying to do how can you sum up what is happening or what is not happening for Arsenal going forward at the moment mate
0: um oh. He's been, like I said before, I think I said it last week, man, he was handed a poison chalice with this team because it's 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 riddled with mediocrity. It's riddled with an attitude of, you know, getting by by doing the bare minimum. It's riddled by, you know, just it, there's a bad smell around this club and it's banker players and it's, it's, you know, Emery style players. He hasn't had the opportunity to do what he's wanted to do. That, that's all well and good. But like Sophie was saying, I'm, I'm well within my rights to look at Arteta. And this was, you know, in the early stages of his Arsenal career, I sat there and I went, why are you still, you know, at 70 minutes and you're not making substitutions against Chelsea, you know, when we're struggling physically, you know? And I look at the bench, right? And I looked at the bench against Leicester. And we were struggling in that game to create. There are options on that bench, you know, to change it up, you know, in the sense of change, like, take off a midfielder, take off Ceballos and put in Pepe, right? Do something a little bit different. He sat there and he didn't do anything to change the course of the game when we desperately needed it. And uh, we can talk about the players all we want. At the end of the day, this is what you've got, right? Maximize the potential of the players that you have until you have the opportunity to replace them. At the moment, he's struggling, he's got players out of form, and uh, I want to feel sorry for him, but I don't. Because you wanted to be here. You wanted this opportunity. You said that this is going to be a family and this is going to be these things. So find the solutions. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear any more excuses. I don't want to hear any more excuses because there are solutions that are on the bench. You maybe saw a couple of them yesterday. Will they be on the bench against United? Maybe, maybe not. That's the problem that I have right now, Potts. He's not finding the solutions. He keeps on th- making the same errors, man. And that bothers me. So... We'll see where we're at. But at the minute, I'm asking questions and everybody is well within the right to ask those questions. It doesn't make you any less of a fan if you ask those questions. It doesn't make you any less of a fan if you want more than what we're seeing. It just means that you're clued in and you're not falling for this mediocrity garbage.
1: Listen, I have to totally give you spot on. So do you echo what Manny said? What do you make of what's going on at the moment at this club?
3: I, I do. And I think, look, I think we all... Project Restart was really good. Right, we beat Man United, we beat Liverpool, and a lot of fans think we beat Liverpool because their beach towels were out, they had won the league, they were already, you know, in their element and in their moment, but we still beat them. Okay, and we did it again when we beat them in the community shield. They didn't have Trent playing and they didn't have Jordan Henderson playing, but we beat them. And everyone keeps saying it's a competitive game as much as people want to look at it as a friendly. Uh, We also beat Manchester City in the FA Cup uh, semi-final. It was a repeat of 2017. We beat Chelsea again. Um, We beat uh, another young manager coming in, a little bit more legendary in terms of a player. Let's be honest. Arteta was a nice player for us and he was captain and we appreciated him and we um, respected him greatly. But Frank Lampard... Going to Chelsea and Ole going to United, I think are totally different ball games. Those are two legendary, legacy players for those clubs, and I think what we need to do is start thinking to ourselves: okay, what an amazing achievement it was for Arteta, who was only applied, who was only appointed manager in December, to then take on this team, give us a decent run, beat these beat these teams, and win the FA Cup. But When he did, you guys, and correct me if I'm wrong and if I'm going kind of crazy, but did we not still have an opportunity to qualify for the Champions League? Did we not screw it up week after week after week? Did we not have the chance like every other of those teams that ended up finishing third and fourth to achieve those goals? We did not. And my issue is not with winning the FA Cup and beating City and beating Chelsea. My issue is, being competitive again in the Premier League. And why is it we have an identity as a club and as a football team in cup games? But when it comes to the Premier League, we don't have an identity yet under him. And Kevin was yelling at me or Amanda or not yelling at me, but we were, we were going back and forth of give it time, it's time and time. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, of course, Ole's had a lot of time and United, are, they still qualified for the Champions League. You know, everyone wanted to say give Frank a break. He's, it's his, it's his first season. Well, he got Chelsea into the Champions League. We, we have not been able to achieve that. And my problem is, again, who we're losing against. It's okay to beat Fulham and be lords of the jungle and be like 3 0 up and, and beat a team that everyone can clearly see is absolutely horrific in terms of quality for Premier League. They're going down, for, you know. Hindenburg style, whatever that lead balloon was that went down, like you can can correct me on that one too. So my issue is what and who are we in the Premier League? And, you know, at the same time, stop putting square pegs in round holes. And I want to throw this back at you guys because for me, I see a little bit of arrogance from Arteta in the last two games, a little bit of that Pep square peg round hole. I lost the Champions League because I was too clever, to be quite honest with you, playing players out of position. You know, playing players. You know the the Willian thing, the creative player thing. If you're not gonna, if you're not, and I don't want to bring up the O word, but if you're not gonna play a player like him, have a plan to not have a player like him. And in the Premier League, it's not one off games; it's game after game. It's 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 a whole year almost. And to me, it seems like we are still very far away from being a competitive team in the Premier League. And I think if we lose to Manchester United this weekend. There'll be people joining our voices in that what's happening. You can't lose to United, City, Liverpool and Leicester in the space of, what, five weeks. Sorry.
1: Listen, I'm totally with you, man. And I think, do you know what, Sophie, it's, it's, I think fans accept it's going to take time. I do, I, I do. And I think everybody in this podcast accepts it's going to take time. But what I do not want to see is fans that state that they want to compete but they will back players like Mustafi and Kalasanak and Chaka that have let us down for four or five years consistently. I get frustrated when I hear Leno and Gabriel getting stick after making one mistake in, what, six Mm. games that Gabriel's played? And Leno's been one of our most consistent performers in the last two and a half seasons, but drops the ball a couple of times or kicks it out wrong. All of a sudden, we're backing the players of like Mustafi's era and we are not backing the players that are going to be our future of our club like the Leno's and Gabriel's and you know what some of the kids are getting sorted like young Eddie and Nelson let's give them a go let's give them the uh, four years all of a sudden to say do you know what let's prove me wrong prove me that you are bad like Mustafi and you're bad like Chaka because I'm not sure that Gabriel and Leno are yeah. so how I'm many, all many chances are kids. they going
3: to get how many chances exactly. are they going to get
1: why are we still looking at let's give see what Chaka can do this season? Let's see what Mustafi can do this season, Manny. I know you're tr- jumping at the bit to come in.
0: <laughs> I am chomping, I am chomping at the bit to come in because I see, you know, I see some comments right about our youngsters, and, and this is this is something this is the hypocrisy that I see quite often in the Arsenal fan base, right? Is that we love one of our uh, Right. We love when one of our own comes in and, and you know he takes the team by storm, right? Which Saka has done. Right. Saka has done. And he's not and Saka's not immune to criticism either. Right. I felt that in the Leicester game, even though he was trying his hardest and he was the only one out of that front three that was trying his hardest, he had opportunities and he fluffed them. Right. But we have youngsters, right? We have, you know, Joe Willick, you know, Eddie and Kecha and Reese Nelson that are coming through. I see people going, Joe Willock is not gonna make it, he's not good enough. And I'm like, how, how many opportunities has he had to prove that he's good enough? Or how many 19, 20-year-olds immediately are good enough, right? Because if you see, like it happened with Wilshere, Wilshere was great got 19 years old. But then what did he do after that? We were really excited about Wilshere, weren't we? Then what happened after it? I don't understand why we are so quick to shut down our youngsters and one of our own, but we are happy to back the mediocre players who have, you know, cost us goals cost us games over the years but now let's back them after four or five games because they, they show in a little bit of form but when a joe mm-hmm. Willock or reese nelson or eddie and catcher comes in and they're looking a little bit lost because they're trying to make their way because they're trying to understand what it means to play for arsenal football club no nah, let's late them they're not good enough what, mm-hmm. like, where is the where's the balance here what exactly do we want what is it that we want
1: great question. It, it, it's a fantastic question and I think that, you know, I look at Arteta and that's why I'm asking questions because he is having the chance to get rid of some of these players and he's not done it and people can say, oh, it's because Kalasanak didn't want to be bought and Socrates didn't be bought. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the fact that Mustafi has been offered a contract. Now, if we are believing everything we read, Arteta and Edu are in charge of the football relations. So why is he being offered a new contract? Luckily, he's rejected it, by the way. David Luiz, messes up against Man City, they offer him a contract. Then you look at Chaka. Could have gone to her Berlin in January. He wants to keep him because he's impressed with his attitude in training. I don't care about people's attitude in training if they've not got the ability to match it. If you've got the quality, you'll show it. The attitude can be either moulded, or if it's not, you get out the club. When you are not good enough, I don't care how much your attitude is. Now, Soph, before we were on air, you were talking about those players I've just mentioned—the Kalasanaks of this mm-hmm. world and Mustafis of this world. Yeah. Why are they still in this side? Do we know? Is it because we've got no one else, or, or is it Arteta just having too much faith in them?
3: Um, it's a great question, Dan, and I—I'm going to say something now that m- some people may not agree with, and that's okay because. For me, I have loyalty to people that I've worked with in the past, right? As a professional human being, if I go from a gig to another gig, I want to take the people that I've either worked alongside or managed. That's how life works, right? I don't know, and you guys can help me with this, but I don't know how many of these players Arteta played with or knew of, but there does seem to be some type of loyalty to the Wenger era. And I think if a club truly has to evolve and change, you have to appreciate the chapters of the history, right? One of the biggest lessons in all this is Manchester United. Sir Alex Ferguson gave them some of the greatest chapters that they will ever see. Some Manchester United fans are so young, they don't even know what it likes to be losers. And they've been losers for a while. And they can say what they want about Jose Mourinho, but he gave them the Europa League and the EFL Cup and he took them back into Europe, right? Mourinho did the same at Chelsea. Now, we've also seen Klopp come into Liverpool and it wasn't pretty at first. Brendan Rodgers laid the the, the foundation for that. But Klopp went in and redid and rebuilt that team, right? He erased a lot of that team. Even Chelsea, that team has been erased. Manchester United, that team's been blown up. And to their detriment, in some ways, rebuilt with maybe the wrong choices as managers. And I feel like sometimes we cling on to, and there's still gonna, there's still this fan base that is so, just because you want to move on from the Wenger years, it doesn't mean you don't appreciate what Arsene Wenger did. It doesn't mean that you don't revere the invincibles or the double winning side or the, the the rivalry that we had with Manchester United, it just means that at some point as a club, you've got to move on. And you can't expect change when you keep doing the same thing over and over again. You keep playing Kolasinac, you're going to get the same result. I met Zsaka and I adore the guy. He's a superb guy, you guys. He's the kind of guy that you actually want in your team, but he may not work for this team. I think Bellerin is is literally getting into the side on credit, on his name, on his beautiful humanitarian work. And I love Bellerin outside of football. He's an amazing human being. but doesn't mean that he's still a good footballer for Arsenal. Mustafi getting picked over, I don't care, whoever is in the under-23 squad, give, that, give those kids a chance until you really evolve the team. And what I was expecting Arteta to do, because I understood that Emery played it safe, I understood that he needed to be a bit careful because he was the guy that came in right after Wenger, right? But with Arteta, he was kind of given the keys to the kingdom. And the problem is, is that this is how bad these guys are, you guys. No one wanted to buy them. We know Socrates turned down a deal. We know that Mustafi turned down a deal from us. We know that there were options maybe for Italy for some of these players. But who's coming to buy them? I'm sorry, But the market saw them as donkeys. They didn't see any value in them. And so now we're stuck with them. But does that mean you have to play them? No. You've benched Ozil. You're 350 grand a week asset. Why can't you do the same with the players that actually are not performing on the pitch? And I think for me, that is the biggest thing, is that if we really want to evolve as a club, we've got to really pull the trigger on change. And that is going to be painful But I'd rather go through the pain and give other players a chance than keep doing the same thing over and over again and making the same mistakes.
1: And this is what frustrates me a lot at the moment, Manny, is we're seeing these players and we're just getting depressed all the time. You know, I've seen what they can do. They've showed us what they can do. And for the last four years, we've seen Chaka and Mustafi continually make mistakes. And I want to mention Saliba because Saliba has been told that, you know, he's he's not ready for whatever reason. Now, for me, I think it's off the field stuff. Mm. But I look at him. I look at Maitland-Niles. I look at some of the uh, players that are coming back from injury now, like Smith-Rowe. And I'm wanting them to be the potential solutions because that's what I want to see. Manny, what are the potential solutions? Because Arteta needs to make them, man. <laughs>
0: He does need to make them. And you know, echoing what, what Sophie said, you have to eradicate, you know, the bad smell. You have to eradicate the mediocrity from the past. And the solutions are be bold. Start dropping players who aren't performing on a week to week basis. Start making subs that make change. You yeah, that makes that makes sense. Sorry. So when I'm looking at Sabios against Leicester and He's having a nosebleed all over the place because again, when he goes up the field, he doesn't know what he's doing. He was awful in that game, but he played 19 minutes. What options did you have on the bench to change that? I saw a steal of um, and there was so much space right right in behind Lacazette. Nobody there. So you can see that as a manager. Make that change. Get somebody who is going to be in that little hole. Be it Pepe, be it maitland niles Just be bold with the changes that you make. Start pulling the trigger on poor players. Lacazette should be nowhere near this team at the minute. Oh, Jesus. He should be nowhere near this team at the minute. He's one guy whose attitude, right? If, if You may not have ability. Right, But if your attitude is is where it needs to be, I can get with that. You may not be good enough, but your attitude's there. Lacazette has stunk out the place for a year. right? Since the start of last season, Lacazette has been terrible. He keeps on getting opportunities. He doesn't hold the ball up. He doesn't connect. And his attitude when he doesn't get that, that first touch right sucks. Why is he still playing? So my thing is, the solutions are there. All right, make the right decisions. Start pulling the trigger on poor players. Get them off the pitch, and start making those changes that make sense. Be bold. Joe Willick and Reese Nelson performed well last night, right? They yeah, performed well,
1: really well. Put yeah.
0: them. The, you put them on the bench against United. Whether or not they come on or not, you've got that option. You've got a player in Willock who's going to run in behind and who's going to make those runs and who's going to be a bit of a nuisance. You have a player in Reece Nelson who's going to attack the fullback and be a bit more aggressive. They may not make it, but give them the chance. If Willian and Pepe, who have not been in good form, are having a chance and not doing it, do it for Willock. Do it for Reece Nelson. There are solutions there. He just needs to pull the trigger.
1: He does and I want to see something different but unfortunately I really do not see that there is going to be any different uh, every difference on Sunday and I think that we're going to see pretty much the same team that was put out against Leicester apart from I think Mustafi's going to come in instead of the Louise. Now there's a lot of talk that Aubameyang may be playing through the centre but what I've done is put the team that I think Arteta is going to go with. So I'm just going to share my screen and I'll come to you on it, so because I personally feel like it's going to get to a stage where we see this team with Ceballos. I don't know if you can see this. Yeah, I can Uh, see it. Let's move it to that screen. There we go. Mm -hmm. So for me, I look at this and I think that for the audio listeners, he's going to obviously start with Leno. I think he's going to keep this back free, but I think Mustafi's going to come in for the injured Luiz. We're going to have Gabriel playing in the middle with Tierney mm-hmm. at left. And then I think we're going to go with Saka and Bellerin left and right at our, our kind of wing backs. I think Chaka and Partey are going to come into the middle. And I think Ceballos is going to be that guy to be pushed forward to just play behind Aubameyang and Lacazette. And I think that's where you're going to see Aubameyang and Lacazette Um, kind of going more centrally. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Soph. Um,
3: Is that like a hybrid with Aubameyang and Lacazette? So there's no real one of them going down the middle, but they can interchange. Absolutely. And and Ceballos becomes like that creative force, if you like, which I think, you know, Dan, what I like about where you've put Ceballos is when you look at the team, he really has, now he can have a stick Sabas is that kind of player that if he plays brilliant, he's amazing. If he has a stinker, he really has a stinker. Um, But I also think when he has a stinker, it's because of how the team is set up around him. Because when you talk about a player that can keep the ball and distribute the ball and be smart with the ball, and what he does amazingly well um, is that he can hold on to the ball when you think he's lost it, he's actually not. So for me, when we're lacking that creativity and we're looking for a creative force, he makes sense. At some at some points, I've thought that Saka and William can actually interchange and play that ten yeah. role as well. Um, and I. I I'm willing to give William more chances because look, I know that he's not really been great, but I still think again, another player I've had the opportunity to meet and talk to superb character, like really good person you want in the dressing room. He's going to have a positive effect on this team. He's a good human being, but the again, different kind of making that work on the pitch, right? After you've been at Chelsea for a number of years. Yeah. So I do think that at some point he's going to become a value player. Um, I like how you set up Sabayos, Jacker and Party because I think it nullifies too much of the grunt work. You know, I mm. think Sabayos needs to, you know, needs to have the shackles taken off his feet and he needs to just kind of roll with it. Uh, and I think when you look at the midfield, Jacker and Party probably are the best option. Although what I like about Elneny, um, which I can't believe I'm saying this based on the team <laughs> that we have, is that he's very neat. He does all the right things. He's kind of like maybe what Arteta had at City in Fernandinho in a way. You don't notice him a lot in a game, but what he does, he does really well and he's very correct. Um, but again, he's not the type of player that will perform unless the setup is is great around him. And I guess you could say that about a lot of players. So uh, i I would probably, I would like to explore and experiment more with Saka. I think we've underutilized Saka's ability as a footballer. Remember how people used to say, like, uh, Wayne Rooney um, could play any position? Like, he was just a footballer. You know, he, he, he had performed in defense at some point. He actually went in goal during his career. I think Saka is a footballer. I think you can play him anywhere. And in a time when we're looking for a little bit of an X factor, I would maybe pull Saka into that creative role more than just having him on that left side. Uh, and I don't know what we need to do to explore our right side more, but it feels like there's zero penetration on the right side. There's zero creativity on the right side. We're not using that right channel. And clearly, Pepe isn't working right now. obviously, you know, he, uh, you know willannen is is new and stuff like that. but, I feel like with United, if I was Arteta, they're expecting us to go down the left so much. They're expecting Yang to start on the left. They're expecting Saka to be on the left. The Tierney over the ball, over the top ball that we experienced and loved in our defeat of Liverpool in the league and also in the FA Cup uh, against Chelsea and um, and also in uh, the the Community Shield, that we've hasn't really been happening. So I'm not sure what the plan B is, But that was, for me, a great tactic to have. And it doesn't seem like we've been able to exploit that more. So I would be trying to challenge United on the right side because I think they're expecting everything we do to come off the left side.
1: I I totally, 100 percent agree. And Manny, before I bring our guest on, I just want to talk about the imbalance of this side, because if we're looking at Tierney here with these long balls over the top, we've got Saka. We've got Bamiang. It's quite a strong left-hand side, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. Chaka being over here can spray these passes, which everyone gets really excited about, bar me. But on our right-hand side, we're quite weak. We've got Mustafa, mm-hmm. We've got Bellerin. I, I mean, I'm looking at this team, and I spoke to you before we came on, and we said that it would probably be something like this. Mm. Does this team excite you enough to see something different, or are we going to see something very similar, do you think, with this side on Sunday?
0: Uh, it's going to be something similar. Um, I think our, our Tether's gonna go with a tried and trusted man. Uh personally, that, I wouldn't have Lacazette like, anywhere near. I, I I just wouldn't. He's not giving us what we need in terms of his work rate. No, no, it's true, it's true, but I wouldn't yeah. have him there. He's no, not, with he's you, not quick. He's not quick, right? So Harry Maguire will have a field day with him because he's not quick, he's not gonna run in behind you, you know, and he's not gonna, you know, even when if he drops off, he like I Lacazette is easy to mark, he can be handled, right? And that's my issue. I want Arteta to be bold here because United aren't great, right? Let's just get that out there. United are not great. They will celebrate the fact that they've beaten Leipzig and they will go crazy to have a bang average manager, right? And they can be got at. Their left-hand side is not great either. Martial is not going to be chasing somebody back to help Luke Shaw. He's not, all right? So you expose their weaknesses, and their weaknesses, funny enough, is where we're weak as well. And yeah. it's, that, it's their left-hand side and our right-hand side. So uh, it's going to be the same team here, right? There's not, there's not going to be anything, you know, real different. I think is going You want to be pragmatic, you know, to begin with. I don't see much difference, man. I would love for him to be bold. And like mm. Sophie was saying about Saka, there is something about this kid's football brain, right? And you saw it a little bit against, against City, where there's the space, I'm going to drive into it. Mm-hmm. The runner, right—the guy who can disrupt, the, you know, uh, the opposition's defense and the opposition's midfield, maximizing, you know, Saka's potential is—it's is great, it's great. But he can't be our solution at the minute. He cannot be our only solution. He, there needs to be something else, and there's something it else. Potentially, not. could be—it could be Pepe, mm-hmm. because Pepe is such a maverick and he can do something great. It, clearly, Arteta likes Pepe. Clearly, he wants him to do better than he is. In that case. You play him closer to Yang. Drop Lacazette, you play Pepe closer to Yang. Because I tell you what, Luke Shaw will not want to face Pepe 1v1. We've seen that already. Neither with Maguire. That's how you disrupt United. That's how you make them go the other way. They'll be worried about Pepe more than Lacazette. That's the one change I would make to that team.
1: Yeah, I, I like that. And I think we're relying a lot on a 19 year old who is consistently performing. And I think that says it all. I'm going to introduce our guest. It's an absolute pleasure for me to introduce Scott Saunders from 90 Minute, aka Flaunders. Flaunders, how you doing, mate?
2: Not too bad. How are you guys?
1: We're good, man. We're good. We've just been talking about how poor Man United have been. I'm joking, man, really. (laughs) (laughs) We've been talking about how poor we've been, man. Um, Scott, I've got to ask you straight up, man. This is a game which has always been rivals of years and years down the line, but... Of late, of the last few years, it hasn't quite been that way. I think both of us are in a position where we're kind of in transition, which seems to be more than just six months. It seems to be going on for years now. Um, what do you make of uh, United going into this game? Are you kind of feeling confident? Are you feeling scared of an Arsenal, which is not really performing so much at the moment? How is your thoughts? Your thoughts on this one, mate?
2: Um, to me, like if, if you would, you'd ask me this question about a month ago after we just got pumped by Spurs, I would probably be quaking in my boots a little bit. Um, but United do seem to have solidified a little bit I think that Spurs defeat really made them analyze their setup they've tended to go for like a McTominay and a Fred in in midfield or a Matic and a Fred over the last few weeks um, to give them a little bit more protection in front of the defense because we've all seen if you can gather that defense and if there's no if, if the midfield barrier isn't there they're not very good one-on-one Uh the tweaks have been made and the form has improved uh, since the last international break. So it's, it's a difficult one. I mean, I'm confident going in, but United have done this thing for a few, a few years under Solskjaer now where they've beaten, they've taken big results and then mm-hmm. they've gone in to the next game and just turned a result around that you just didn't hope for or expect. So um, yeah, they're really difficult to predict at the moment, but the when when they get in a good run, it's, they tend to ride that way for a little while. So I'm hoping that continues for a little bit.
1: So, for a lot of nodding and a lot of agreeing there, and some people agreeing in the chat, um, Man United, Arsenal, this used to be an absolute classic, man. I used to love this game. This was the one we all used to get up for. But I don't know what it is about it lately. I don't know if it's our away form against the big six. I just don't look forward to these games like I used to. And I'm just not looking forward to this one. I think it's going to be a long <laughs> 90 minutes. So, you know, I think it's going to be a long 90 minutes. I really do.
3: It's crazy, isn't it? I I, I kind of look at it a little bit how the mighty have fallen. United are in 15th. We're in 11th. You know, they lose 6-1 to Spurs. We lose to Liverpool, Leicester, City. They get thrashed by Tottenham. I mean, but then they go on and they beat PSG in the Champions League. Um, and this game used to be easier to call because I think we understood each other's quality a lot more. Whereas now we're questioning both teams a lot more. You know, we're questioning... I think we could say equally, we have deficiencies at the back. You know, Maguire is an 85 million pound. Um, I'm not sure if United are ever going to get the ROI on, on Maguire. Time will tell. Uh, we've been crazily bad at the back for many, many years, but hopefully now with Gabriel, um, you know, we don't know what Pablo Mari is going to be like. Saliba is still up for grabs in terms of what his future looks like. So we used to know a little bit more about the players. There was more of an identity to both teams, you know. So I still get excited about this game, but I just think that, you know, going forward, I think both teams are better defensively, I think is where the game's going to be won and lost. And both goalkeepers, I think right now are, you know, I think De Gea's performed a little better. I think Leno's jumped into the Emmy shoes and he's felt that. He's felt the love that, Emmy got, I think, big time, and that affected him early on this season. I think Leno will end up being okay. But, yeah, no, I mean, this used to be the game of all games. Poof. And for a long time, it was bigger than the NLD, right? I mean, we were looking forward oh, to because the North London derby didn't really mean much because Spurs were so rubbish for so long. Um, still questionable by the way uh, but yeah no I still look forward to this game but it's just harder to predict and harder to be excited about because it feels like both teams are trying to find their new identity
1: Yeah I, I totally agree Scott let's bring you in with a bit, little bit of team news before I come to Manny because Manny mentions Martial now am I right in saying Martial still suspended or is he back?
2: Yeah it's the last game of his ban so uh, he's, he, won't, he won't play I think everybody else bar um, I think Everybody's fit. Bar maybe I, I forget it, it's, it's escaping me now. But they've got pretty much that that team that played against Leipzig the other day. Um, if you wanted to pick that again, minus Martial, I think that's I think that's a goer.
1: Yeah, I've got to agree. I think he will go with Rashford up front instead of a Cavani.
2: Is that right? I think yeah, To me, I think I- I'd like to see him keep the same keep the same shape. They played with a good intensity in that midfield. Um, a lot of pressure on, and they played with. Sp- split strikers in a sense um Rashford and Greenwood I think we'll go together um and then Cavani I don't, he's he's not made a start yet he's, he's come on and made a couple of cameo appearances um and I think he's better off the bench maybe he'll start a game in the Champions League next week
1: fair enough mate um Manny let's come to you man uh You said it, you summed it up, man. You said Man United ain't much, but at the moment, neither are Arsenal. But Mm. if we get the solutions right, we can cause some problems to the defence. Now, Aubameyang is going to frighten the life out of the Harry Maguires of this world. How Mm. do we take three points from this game, mate? Because this is going to be a very difficult game, in my opinion.
0: Well, first things first, man, let's be clear about something. Both teams suck. (laughs) <laughs> let's, just, let's just be clear about that. So a, a, confident, a confident United fan right now <laughs> makes about as much sense as a confident Arsenal fan. It just, none of it makes sense, right? We're both at a level where we should be embarrassed, right? So seeing comments like United are in the Champions League, this, that and the other, we're better than Arsenal. It means, it means fuck all right now. It means absolutely fuck all because we both suck. All right, that's just the reality of it. From the level where we were, where we were fighting on pitches and throwing pizzas at each other, and and you know fighting in the tunnels, we are nowhere near that. I miss those days. I miss those days when you know having banter with the United fan actually meant something. You know what I mean? Now it's just now it's just embarrassing. It's it's, it's not fun anymore. Now, how do we take three points? We play our game, right? We play our game because we have the weapons to hurt them. We have a Yang if he gets in behind. none of Nobody in that United defence is catching him, right? We have the weapons to hurt them. It's whether we execute. And that's the problem with us. We do not execute, you know? They're there. They're there for the taking, I believe, United. I don't care that they beat Leipzig 5-0. They're there for the taking. It's whether we're bold enough to do it.
1: Yeah, it is whether we're bold. And I think Arteta needs to be bold and have some balls and change things. But we've already gone through what I believe the team news will be. Listen, Scott, I've got to ask you because... Uh, <laughs> I always have this worry that Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is going to keep losing. You get sacked and you get potched and all of a sudden you're, you're challenging for the title. Uh, what do Man United fans feel at the moment about Oli? Are, are you kind of sentimentally kind of keeping him in and getting behind the manager? Or what do you think it is long term with this guy?
2: It, it seems to be you're either in or you're out with him. Um, I'm very much, you know...
1: <laughs> we know what that's like, mate. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. I,
2: I, I think we got it from you lot, to be fair. Um, like... Like, I understand why they put him in uh, after Mourinho. I always said I would have done it for that season and then moved on. I think they probably made the decision a bit too early on on emotion, but they made the decision now and I can see what he is trying to do. The squad's in a much better place. It's actually built. It's not there yet, but it's being built in the image of what United should be in terms of, you know, pace uh, plenty of attacking players the defense needs to needs to be fixed but there's options in midfield there's options up front there's a lot of uh the squad depth has improved after the transfer window but in terms of ollie I, I mean it does seem to united are never more than like a, a loss away from a crisis you know can lose this game they're back in crisis after after beating leipzig um so that's just the way it is the only you'll see out the season i, I don't really doubt that um it just, I think he's got another 18 months left on his contract, but they've put faith in him. He's getting enough results to kind of justify justify himself. Um, and whether the fans think he should go or not, I mean, the club are the club are firmly behind him as well. And every kind of message that comes out, even after the defeat is, we believe in what Solskjaer's doing. The fans don't always share that. It's, I think it's a 50-50 split, but it, it certainly gets easier after you've beaten PSG and Leipzig and you beat big teams.
1: I must admit, I watched the Leipzig game and I thought they were pretty good, actually, in the first half. For the second half, Rashford come on and absolutely destroyed them. And for two defenders that I rate in Canate and Makano, they just couldn't handle the guy. He was on absolute fire. And if he's going to do that against the Mustafis of this world, then it could be a very long day for Arsenal. Trust me. Um, Yeah, you know it, so I just think when it comes to it, this game is going to be who starts the better. I think that's massively important. Uh, If there is going to be goals in this game, I think the first goal is going to be massive. And I think whoever gets that um, is going to then kind of come into the game themselves. And I don't think we're going to get a reaction from either side. Um, That's just my opinion. Going into this one, Scott, I've got to start with you. Go for a prediction, man. What, What do you think is going to happen in this game?
2: I think Arsenal should, you should probably sit in. I think Arsenal should sit in and try and frustrate United, but I, I I think United will win. I I do think United will win because all all he's do, he's beaten everyone else. He's do a win over Arsenal. Um, But I think United United have got a lot of options. I think the fact that the players look a lot fitter than they did against Tottenham. uh, I'm I'm prepared to go and say that now. I I, I never want to sit behind the 6-1 defeat and give excuses for it. But they look a different team in terms of the effort they're putting in from the first three games of the season to now. They're running. They're actually running like in the in the 75th, 80th, 90th minute. So they look fitter. They look prepared. And I think with the options that they've got, um, I can see them scoring first. I think if, if United score first, then I think that'll play right in their hands because Arsenal have to come out and they can catch them on the break. So I think it'll, that's what I think will happen.
1: OK, listen. <laughs> Soph, I'm going to come to you next. What do you think the score is going to be, mate?
3: Um... Another great question. And here's who I think needs to show up, whether we have creativity or not, and that's our captain. Ever since he signed Dutting, he's done nothing. Zero. <laughs> he's scored one goal in six. He's not really shown leadership. He's been playing with his shoulders down. I don't know if he's struggling with an injury and Arteta is continuing to play him, but he definitely needs um, to show up in this match. I think we've lacked his fire, his spirit, and I, I've he- I'm hearing this continual complaint about him playing from the left. But Dan, correct me if I'm wrong. Did he not almost win the Golden Boot last season playing in that same position? <laughs> so, so I true. don't know. I don't know what changed tactically, and, and maybe someone can help educate me on something that I don't know, and that's cool. But I really do think it's time for Obama Yang to show up. Everyone's been on Rashford's back about how he's been doing all this charity work and he needs to focus on what's happening on the pitch. Well, he's answered those critics, and I really do think right now it's time for Yang to step up. We need him in this game with lacking goals. We've seen that as bad as Lacazette is playing, I think he scored the most goals this season, which is kind of crazy to even contemplate and think about. We haven't scored in our last two games, so it's really important for us to do now. Now, with that said, I think this game might be a bit too much for us, and I don't like to predict losses, but I just can't, I think they're on the rise and I think they're playing with a level of swagger and confidence and I think we're lacking that right now and I can see us maybe scoring first but ending up losing 3-1.
1: Wow. Okay. Before I come to Manny, I'm going to give you my prediction because I think this is what's going to happen. I'd love to sit here and speak optimistic about this team. I'd love to sit here and say that Arteta is going to change things up and he's going to find solutions for us to be creative and we're going to take our chances. But I just have no confidence in either the manager at the moment or the players to do that. So I think it's going to be a very frustrating game. I don't think it's going to be too dissimilar from Leicester and I think we're going to end up losing 2-0. And I really hope I'm wrong, but I just cannot be confident about the way we're playing at the moment. And I have no confidence in the front three at the moment to, be, to do the job. They can't finish their dinner. We can't score for Toffee. And people say we're not that creative. We have created enough chances for those strikers to win us the games and they have failed. Lacazette missed from three yards with his head. Saka missed from Edison's save. Aubameyang missed, which was onside, by the way, from Edison's save. We looked mm-hmm. at these, these positions we were getting ourselves in and we were failing. And unfortunately if that happens at the weekend we've got nobody else but to blame again but ourselves for not finishing our dinner. So I think we're going to have a 2-0 loss and it's going to be a real meltdown on Twitter from these deluded Arsenal fans once again for another week. Manny, over to you bro. What do you reckon is going to happen, man?
0: Man, I'm going to go with the consensus on this one. You know because I'm as real as real gets, you know what I mean? So <laughs> okay, so it's going to it's going to be it's going to be, you know, We're not going to score in this game. I don't see it because we just, people are crying and saying that we're not creating chances. We are creating chances. We're just not finishing them. And that's going to come back to bite us. And United are going to win comfortably 2-0 and we're going to be looking like a bunch of idiots. So there you go. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm glad we agree, man, because I honestly believe it's going to be that. Scott, does this make you, how does this make you feel? You've got three Arsenal fans in, not confident at all going to this game. Surely you've got a little <laughs> smug smile there, I imagine.
2: <laughs> I, I'm quite surprised, actually, because uh, like it's, it's funny how football can change, isn't it? You, look, you know, back in the last season, everything was looking up. Um, and now just, we're only six games in or whatever. Arsenal played six games, I think. And uh, it's all changed. I understand. I understand why. Um, I don't think you've really seen enough of what you'd want to see out of Arsenal in the first few weeks of the season. But it's, it's brilliant to hear, considering United are on an upward curve at the moment. So uh, I'm a little bit more confident now than I was coming in. So thanks.
3: Can I can I also just add, they're terrible at home, aren't they, Scott? I don't, what's your record at home? You haven't won in the, how many in the last? They
2: haven't. Yes, yeah, four games, I think. So they, they've lost the last well, two at home and five, they drew yeah. two last season. Yeah,
3: That's the other thing that concerns me is that you're actually due a win at home because your away record is phenomenal. If your home record was half as good as your away record, it would be crazy. But um, that's the other thing that kind of concerns me, Dan, is that they do a win at home. And, I, and we always seem to be the fall guy for those moments. So I was hoping menta- ment- mentally, you know, um, Marteta was able to maybe adapt that. But, I don't know, something tells me that United are due that win at home. Uh, Hopefully, I'm right.
2: United have got that pressure as well of being 15th in the league, or 16th, or wherever they are. They played played a game less um, because, obviously, the first weekend was uh, postponed for them. Uh, But that's not a good position for them to be in. I think a win here, and a win against a rival, um, would really give them a shot in the arm for the league. I think they've they picked up this season since the the international break in the Champions League. I think that's going to start carrying over now, but they need to put a run of results together in the league to start climbing the table.
1: Fair enough. It's a it's a real strange one, isn't it? Coming into this, I really I do feel a little bit of a doom and gloom to be honest. But Scott, I want to come on to Manchester United season because I think that we've still got a lot of games to play. Um, where are you aiming for, and where do you either hope or fear that you'll finish this season, mate, in the league?
2: it could literally be from anywhere from like the top the top places in the league to bloody 15th or whatever it's just this season's so unpredictable uh, i think we've seen it in all the results it's it's really difficult to know like at the start of the season i would have taken you know united came third last season i think if they could have pushed on and got third or closed the gap on city to second or whatever then that would have been a great result but liverpool lost van dijk I'm not. I'm not saying this at all. I, I think this season is well open for anybody who can put, like, and I, I include Arsenal in this as well. If they can put a run of results together and actually b- build some consistency, that I don't think at the moment there's a there's a team who will go and run away with it like there has been for the last four or five years. Um, so I think United have got it in their locker, but I just I can't say it with any confidence. I I think I'll probably go back to if they can get third this season. I think that would be great, but. It could go anywhere,
1: honestly. It really could. And, you know, we've seen crazy results at the moment, like you boys getting absolutely hammered at Spurs. We see Liverpool getting spanked by Villa. We see City getting destroyed by Leicester. I mean, this no-fans thing is frustrating. It's the last thing I want to talk about, actually, because... I think it has changed the football. I think it has uh, not just to watch, but obviously the players are uh, kind of missing the fans. I think when they're there, it must be hugely different. I think it's been good in some ways for some of the players uh, in terms of their confidence, not getting their heads down. Uh, And I'm not just talking about Arsenal, by the way, I'm talking about footballers in general, but I miss going. I think everybody is missing it at the moment. Um, Let's come to you first, Scott. What do you see happening with this situation with fans? Are we going to get into the stadium at all this season or is it going to be written off and we'll be back next season?
2: I think from from what I've been told, I I don't think clubs think that they'll have fans back this year. Uh, I don't really think that's a surprise though, given the situation in the country. Um, United are ready to open up their ground and have as many as 23,000 in whenever they get the okay from the government. Maybe if. When we get past Christmas and into the new year, maybe reassess things, and maybe we could see something. Just a hunch, maybe in the in March, Fe- February, March time, of uh, you know, minimal crowds. But I know that I think I think there's clubs in in the league as well who don't think that there'll be any fans back this season at all. So, mm. um, it's it's really difficult to know because. We're in a mess, aren't we? So, <laughs> you know, it, it really
1: is a, a crazy year, man. A crazy, crazy year.
2: Uh, I'm going to finish off on saying Arsenal
1: because uh, it, it's something that is relevant. Uh, in the news today, we've seen that Hosfami Fami has left Arsenal, he's yet again some, another one that has left Arsenal with along with Raul, uh, and some of the others. Manny, let's come to you, man, because every time. I'm looking at ple- people leaving. It's even Mistinta. it's Raul, it's now Husfami. We've got Vini right. there. No one knows what he's actually doing. We've got Edu and Arteta running things. What's going on at the moment, man? There seems to be something very strange happening behind the scenes, does there not?
0: Man, they're ripping up Kazidis' donkey work. <laughs> that, that's what they're doing. They're clearing. They they're clearing. You know the yes men. They're clearing guys who came in and nobody really knew what they brought to the table. So Hossfami is meant to be, you know, Sky's former, you know, contract negotiator, and he's meant to be this genius. I would love somebody to tell me, you know, what he did that was so amazing, you know. And it's the, you know, this Tim Lewis coming in. Clearly, that was, you know, the the the, the Joker. For a lot of these people, you know, for Raul, for, you know, Hosfami, all of these guys and all 55 people that had to leave. I don't care what's going on in the background. Honestly, I don't care who gets sacked in the background. I don't care what changes you got to make upstairs. I just want to see my team become competitive. What goes on upstairs, who gets sacked, doesn't, I don't care. But I really, really don't care. (laughs) I just want to see my team become competitive. And if sacking Hosfami means that you can bring somebody in who's actually going to do his job properly, so be it. Make the changes that you need to, but I want to see this team become competitive. Who you got a sack and who you got a hire? I don't give a damn. Just make this team competitive.
1: Do you feel confident, though, Manny? That now we're we're clearing out some of these these absolute frauds like Raúl and 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 the et I look mm. at players now and or I look at fans and how much they loved Tat, and I never quite understood why because some of the signings he's oh. made have been dreadful for Arsenal. So uh, surely it's good that these players are being cleared out. We look at Raul now. We've got Pepe for 72 million, which was way over the top, in my opinion. So uh, is it good news is what I'm trying to get out. What did you make of the Missing Tats and Rauls of this world, Manny?
0: Con men. <laughs> Con men. That's what they were. We, I was really hopeful with Missing tat, right? But when he left, I sat here and I thought, what did he actually bring? You know, he bought Mkhitaryan. You know, Mavropanos, you know, Torreira, Guendouzi, you know, they say Aubameyang was, was you know, his signing as well, or go he played a part in that. So how many of them, you know, actually thrive? Gwenduzi and Torreira are gone. You know, they're out on loan. Mavropanos is out on loan. None of his signings really worked. Socrates, nowhere to be seen. So we were, you know really, really, everyone was crying out that, you know, Missing Tat's gone and what are we doing and this, that and the other but what did he actually bring to us that was of any value right now? Nothing. You know? Raul, another one. Con men, Potts, Cedric Suarez, Pablo is nowhere to be seen. You know? Who's who was Dennis? Who was Dennis Suarez's idea? Was it was that Emery's idea? You know, did Raul go into that one? Just these are conmen.
1: Lichteiner, That's Lich what China. they were. Lichteiner. Lich
0: Jesus. All of these people, David Luiz getting another new deal. These were con men pots. So if they're getting rid of the con men, go right ahead. Right? Go right ahead and do it. Right? It's a good thing because I don't see what they brought to us that's of any value.
1: I totally agree. So if I let you have your last say on this one, man, what do you make of it all? (laughs)
3: Um, I think like uh, a lot of the times we talk about the product on the pitch, but in order to create a successful football club and now football's business, right? So in America, we call those franchises. Um, And just really quickly, I cover the games here in L.A. with LAFC and LA Galaxy and not having fans at the game never becomes normal for me. It is so weird going there is eerie. It's a reminder of what our lives are like now. And it is really scary sometimes to be quite honest with you as someone who covers the game, but also as a fan myself, it just is indicative of how far away we are from getting back to how life used to be. And I feel for all of the communities that I see around the clubs and the stadiums, you know, the local businesses, um, one of our favorite, my favorite place to go to when I come to London and I always come for certain games every single year, you know, uh, Pybury corner, you know, these, these, there's, um, there's hundreds and hundreds and thousands of these types of organizations across the UK, but also in other parts of the world. And those are the ones that are really suffering. And in order, and, and, and for our club, in terms of off the pitch, on the pitch, I agree with Manny. Sack them all, as far as I'm concerned. What have they done to elevate the club? Even from a commercial sponsorship perspective, I think Arsenal have such a huge fan base on a global level that we I don't think we maximise our commercial opportunities the way we should. I don't think we garner the ROI that we deserve as a club. Um, and the pedigree that we have. So I think that if you're, go, if you're talking about pointing the fingers at players on the pitch, yes, point the fingers at the people off the pitch as well, because they both have to come together in this beautiful synchrony, you know, s- this symphony, if you like. And um, I think Arsenal have operated poorly for a long time. And so to see these changes, I think can only be a good thing.
1: Totally, 100% agree and well said. So, uh, guys, we've pretty much come to an end. Before we do finish, I just want to say uh, some extremely sad news uh, received around about 4pm today. Uh, rest in peace, Nobby Stiles, an absolute legend from 1966 England. Um, just want to say that our thoughts are with everybody's family, it's absolutely horrible to lose uh, anyone within the football world. But such a legend like that, Um truly truly sad when i heard that coming back from work today uh right guys manny thank you very much bro uh absolute pleasure some a lot of people agreeing in the chat tonight manny i know you was uh on a bit of a rant a few times man but i hope you enjoyed it bro
0: yeah i did man listen i'm ranting because i'm passionate i love my club and i'm rattled man i'm not liking what i'm seeing so hopefully it goes up from here man i'm hopeful i'm hopeful man but thank you for having me on as always bro
1: Always good to have you on, Manny, every week. I absolutely love it. And so thank you so much, man. Uh, great to have you on. Soph, how can people follow you on Twitter and listen to you, more importantly, on podcasts, mate?
3: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm a, I am love the same old Arsenal gang and I really appreciate the invitation to come on. Um, I'm at Soccer Diva on uh, Twitter and you can find us on Highbury Squad, at Highbury Squad on Twitter and also Highbury Squad on YouTube as well. So check out our stuff there too. And um, thanks again
1: brilliant please go and check over check on on the hybrid squad you'll have sophie amanda and super kevin campbell on the show to listen to regularly great great podcast and last of all absolute pleasure having scott saunders on with this man united fan thanks so much mate i know it's not easy coming on another fans podcast but thank you so much for your time man i really appreciate it
2: no problem at all glad to be here
1: hope we win too Make yeah but <laughs> <laughs> if we don't need to be many more miserable trust me at the moment we really need that win uh guys thank you all so much for watching in the chat please like and subscribe if you haven't already to this video and please come and follow everybody on twitter you've got manny over at the Ars brothers on twitter and myself dan potts at dan arsenal 87 until then we'll see you again on monday night where hopefully we would have somehow uh taken three points from manchester United at old trafford until then See you later, and up the arsenal.
3: Sports, social, podcast network. With the lucky landslugs, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.